0: today I'm talking about dealing with difficult people. And you know, as, as, um, as Pastor Ben was asking me like, Hey, Caleb, what topic do you want to speak on? And there's a list of different things. I said, give me that one right there. Cause I think maybe I had the most experience with that one, you know, dealing with the difficult people. You know, we all have difficult people in our, in our life. Am I right? So we, we all have maybe that difficult boss or coworker that just really challenges us and gets under our skin every day. But before we move any further, why not you just, I want you to look at your, neighbor real quick. Just loosen up. Look at them and just say, hey, I'm glad you made it to church today. Just let them know. Now look at your other neighbor or your second choice. Everybody knows it now. And let them know, your, your other neighbor, let them know um, you're going to need this message. Like this is for you. You're going to need this today. So now I'm just having fun with y'all. But Really, to ask, I want to ask you a question by, by a show of hands. How many of you would say, I am actively, like don't say their names, but I am actively dealing with difficult people in my life? If that's you just real fast, shoot it up. Hands all over the room. Some of y'all got both hands in the air, like raising the roof because I got difficult people. You know, some of you might feel like everywhere you turn are difficult people. Like every corner you turn, it's like there's more difficult people for me to deal with. Like my boss is difficult. My kids are difficult. My spouse is difficult and my co-worker's like, oh, everybody's so difficult in my life. And the truth is really, we all have difficult people and and we just really have to learn how to respond to them. So let's look at what the Bible says in 2 Timothy this morning about dealing with difficult people. It says, again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. So don't get involved in all that foolishness, all the arguments and the backbiting and all that. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, they must not fight, but they must be kind to everyone and they should be able to teach. And notice we highlighted this and be patient with difficult people. I highlighted that because that's really hard for us to do sometimes. We must be patient with difficult people and gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Now that verse at the end really caught my attention where it says that really the reason they are the way they are, those who oppose the truth, those who are so difficult, I'm not saying every difficult person is in this place, but those who oppose the truth, it says that they're really caught in the devil's trap. And that's why we have to be so careful with how we respond to them because they're being held captive by him to do whatever he wants them to do. It's like they're just kind of being controlled like a puppet by the devil. So we have to be careful how we respond to these people. You might say everyone in your life on a serious note. I was having fun a minute ago, but really you might say, you might be so stressed out in your life right now because you feel like every person in your life is difficult. And you're like, I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know how to deal with this situation because it's difficult to deal with difficult people. Um, And when we think of difficult people, really, I was thinking about this. And if we get down to the root of why they're so difficult, what what we see a lot of times is they're really difficult for us because they're different. You know, like they're very different from me. They're different from the way I do things because how many of you guys know that I could never be difficult, right? Like the way I do things, the way I treat people, oh, I could never be difficult, right? So if if you do things different than me, then you must be the difficult one, okay? Because it's my way or the highway. You know, my way is right. You could never be, or I could never be difficult. So if they're different than me, they must be difficult. And when we deal with people like that, we're, we just think things like, man, what is wrong with you? Like, what's up with this guy? Why, why do you do this like that? Like, why do you see it from that perspective? Or why do you do things like that? Why do you fold the towels like that? You're really supposed to fold them like this. Like, come on. And we get so frustrated and it become our interaction with them becomes so difficult because they're different. You know, I I personally think that's why marriage is so difficult. You know, they say marriage is really difficult. And, you know, for me, I'm still in the first, I haven't hit the one year mark. I'm still in, I'm getting close, but one year of marriage. So y'all send prayers my way because I'm still figuring out the wrong things to say. You know, like I say stuff and it's just like, I really shouldn't have said that. Still figuring it out. But marriage is difficult and I've already learned that. You know, one of the first challenges that I experienced when Danielle and I got married was trying to sleep at night, you know? Like before I got married, like I had this whole bed that I'm used to just sprawling out on and sleeping and I turn the air down as low as I want it to be and, and I sleep however I want to sleep, you know? But like once I got married, I realized, you know, the way Danielle sleeps is it's like you would think we're in, the, in an igloo in the middle of Antarctica somewhere, you know? Like she's got the bed sheet and then there's like this scratchy it's really uncomfortable. Like this thick cotton sheet that goes over it. And then there's like another blanket on top of that. Then there's like this six inch, um, what's it called? Comforter. And then, during, and then during the winter, she throws another blanket on top of the comforter. And then there's like millions of pillows. I'm like, what's up with all these pillows? Like I only need one pillow to sleep. Like you just got pillows everywhere. Like what is up with this? You know? And so like, it was difficult because she sleeps different than me, you know? And so like, I'd be trying to sleep and I'm like tossing and turning and I'm just burning up and I'm just sopping, soaking the sheets wet where I'm just pouring sweat. Cause my body is just like radiating heat. You know, it's just like, just burning up, not sleeping. And, and then, you know, she don't want the air real cold. And so it was difficult for me to sleep because it was different. You know what I'm saying? And So what we had to do is we had to come up with a compromise. And so what we decided to do, if you look at our bed right now, we take every layer that she likes to use, we just fold it like a taco, like we just (laughs) fold it in half. And then, so she's got all that stuff piled up over there. Then on my side, it's just like, I I don't even use the loose little sheet that goes on top. I don't even use that thing. I just have the tight sheet. And then I've got this little thin plush blanket and that's all I use because I need some airflow, you know? Like I I just get so hot when I sleep. And so I had to have some airflow, but we had to learn to compromise, you know? Even in the way that we deal with conflict, like we were raised very differently. So, you know, like the way as siblings, me and my siblings, when we would get mad with each other, like, I guess I was raised a little bit rougher than her because when we would get mad, like we would fight, you know, like we'd punch each other and slam each other. And like, I kid you not, my sister went upside my head one time with a baby stroller, y'all. Like, that's a true story. She really did. And then when Danielle, like when there's conflict, it's like, all right, let's all sit around the dinner table and like you give your perspective, and you and she just wants to talk and talk and talk and talk, and I'm just like I just want to throw a coffee cup across the room, you know? Like, golly, just punch something to get over, get it over with, golly. But seriously, the way we the way we deal with conflict is different, so that becomes difficult, right? So really, what we have to learn to do is we have to learn to accept people with their differences and accept them because of their differences. Really, that's the only way that we can deal with them because it's gonna be difficult, but we have to learn to accept people who are different from us and we have to accept them along with their differences. We can't exclude that, we have to accept it as well. And so really the thing that we have to understand is different equals difficult. And you know, there's a lot of different types of people, different personalities that you will experience every day. You know, if you were to go to our growth track that we have, which by the way, growth track is how, uh, how you get on our dream team. And dream team is our, our team of volunteers that serve so hard every week to make these services possible. And if you wanted to learn more about how you become a member, you would go to growth track and you could get on the dream team through growth track. But so if you were to go to growth track, we would give you a disc profile. And what this is, it's a little survey that you fill out, you answer some questions and it tells you more about your personality. Like it tells you why you are the way you are and about your personality. So you go in there, take that test. We'll tell you about your personality, tell you about how difficult you are, you know? No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We're not gonna do that. But it'll tell you about your personality and you can learn. But the thing is, is that with every personality comes quirks, right? There's something difficult for other people about all of us, you know? And I thought it'd be kind of fun this morning to explain the different types of people who are in our life, okay? So we all have different types of difficult people we have to deal with. And so I'm gonna explain these people through the lens of comic book characters. I don't know if we have any fans of of superhero movies in here, but I'm gonna explain it through the lens of comic book characters. And so everybody has a Batman in their life, okay? You know what Batman is? He's like real tough. He's got this tough exterior. He never lets anyone in, and he just shows up, and he's just like, I'm Batman. I'm strong, and I'm here to save the day, and I'm Batman. And you're like, no, but seriously, who are you? I just told you, I'm Batman. got the mask on. Like, he never lets anyone see the real him. It's like, I'm Batman, you know? Got this, like, I know some people like that. They have that tough exterior. And then you move on from Batman, there's the Joker. Y'all got any Jokers in your life, you know? Like, They're a little bit crazy. I was watching the video. I was watching the video of the Joker because I was practicing my laugh, you know, because like, they're like, (laughs) you know, I know that I did that real good, but it's the Joker, you know, like you're trying to be serious and he's just like, (laughs) this evil menacing laugh. And he's just, and you're like, okay, calm down, dude. You're just a little bit crazy. You're too much for me, you know? And then you got, you move on. You got Wolverine. Wolverine's almost like you get two in one. It's like two different personalities in one. And when you see this person and they show up, like you never really know who you're gonna get. You're like, I don't know who you are today. And like, it would help me to know who so I could respond to you, but I don't know who you are. So could you just tell me, are you Becky or are you Beth? Like, I just need to know which one of you I'm dealing with today. You got Iceman. Iceman's cold, Okay. It's a little bit awkward. He's that guy at family gatherings and when all the friends are getting together, he's always got to say something. You're like, man, why you got to say that? Freezing everybody out. Why do you have to bring that up? I know an Iceman in my life. I don't know if y'all do, but I know an Iceman. Like, seriously, why did you have to bring that up? Like, no one wanted to even talk about that. And you got Wonder Woman. You already know Miss Wonder Woman. Miss everything. She's the one who shows up and she's like, hey, before our 6 a.m. meeting this morning, I got the kids ready, I cleaned the house, I got them to school, I made some homemade soap, got it all ready. Oh, I also ran a marathon while pushing my stroller. And, and I finished my PhD in neuroscience last week. And you're like, I just got out of bed, I ain't even combed my hair yet. Like, I'm just thankful for the scrunchie. you know what I'm saying? So, I didn't even my hair. Like, I just need you to calm down a little bit, you know? You got Superman. Superman, he's good looking. Everybody likes Superman, you know? Everyone wants to be around Superman, always there to save the day. But he's a one-upper. Come on, do y'all have any one-uppers in your life? Like, they just gotta be one step ahead. Like, no matter what you do, they just gotta be one level above you, you know? Like, man, I had such a great day today. Well, oh yeah, mine was better my day was better. Or, or it's like, I I finally got up. This is my life. Like I finally went to the gym one day this week. And then they're like, one day I went every day this week. Come on. You got to get it together. It's like, all right, man, why you always got to one up me? You know, then you got the Hulk. Y'all know the Hulk, anger, outburst, rage, just get so mad at the drop of the hat, just Hulk smash, you know? Like, hey, on your way to work this morning, could you, do you mind stopping? By? No, I already told you I can't do that. Okay, you're turning a little bit green. I just need you, just never mind. Don't worry about it. Just calm down. And then last but not least, we got Dr. Strange, okay? And I'm not even gonna elaborate on that because the name says it all. You know who you are, okay? So just having a little fun. We all have different people in our lives. And maybe you can relate to some of those people in your lives and they make life difficult for us at times. And so this morning, what I really wanna do is I wanna answer the question of why, why can people be so difficult? Why are people so difficult in our life? And, and so you can follow along in the worship God, There's notes for you to jot down. And really the first reason why people can be so difficult is because we live in a fallen world. Like when Adam and Eve committed the first sin, and They brought sin into the world, came sickness and heartbreak and hurt, hardship, and along with that came difficult people. And I don't mean like difficult people just started popping up. I just mean like, you know, people became more difficult to deal with as a result of the fall. But honestly, if we're being really truthful, we would say really all of us at times can be difficult, you know? Even me, like at times, we all can be difficult. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter three, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now this part that says all have sinned, that's past tense. So that means all of us at some point in our life, we've sinned, we've fallen short of God's glory. At one point in my life and in your life, all of us, at some point in our past, we were difficult. We were difficult to deal with. And then the next verse goes, and they fall short of the glory of God. And they fall short, which is no longer past, but now this is still present. So that means sometimes I still sin. Sometimes I still fall short of God's glory. Sometimes I still can be a difficult person. Like I'm sure if you ask my wife, there's some days she'd love to just slap me across the face, you know, because like I can still be difficult at times in my life. And so don't get mad at me. Just keep listening. It's going to get better. But you might be shocked to realize that sometimes you might be the difficult one. So... The next reason why people can be so difficult is because the enemy of our soul, our souls fights against our relationships. Like the enemy of our souls, just to be clear, we're talking about the devil, knows the power and the value of God honoring, life-giving relationships, and he will do everything he can to divide. He'll do everything he can to drive a wedge between people and to separate people. And to split up relationships. And really, the reason he does this is because he knows how valuable relationships are. And the truth is that God created all of us to have relationships. God created us to do that. And that's why it's so important in our lives. And if you look at it, that's really why marriage exists. That's why couples, they want children. That's why, as a church, we have small groups, is so that. You have the opportunity to meet some people and to to develop some God-honoring, life-giving relationships. That's why we do small groups. That's why even outside the church, that's why people naturally, they have friend groups. And that's why there's social gatherings is because God created us to do life together. And so I would just say this today is that life is better when we're together. It can be difficult sometimes, it can be challenging, but life is better when we're together. So I wanna encourage you and I wanna challenge you to like don't do life alone. Find those people that you can be in life-giving, God-honoring relationships with and do life with them because that's how God created us. So the third reason that people can be so difficult is because hurting people hurt people. You might be shocked to know that the person who's causing so much strife, so much hardship, so much difficulty in your life, the reason they're doing it is possibly because they're internally feeling pain themselves. They're going through a difficult time themselves. Maybe maybe these people are trying to recover from a hurt in their past. Maybe they've been hurt before. And so they have a little bit of a hard time with, try, with trusting people. And so it makes them put up this difficult exterior because they're trying to heal. Maybe that's why they're so difficult. Maybe it's because they, maybe they're insecure. They have self-hatred or self-esteem issues. And and so they become difficult. Maybe it's because they're, maybe it's because they're miserable with just everything in their life. Like they have no hope, there's no hope. So they're difficult to deal with. Maybe they've put up walls around their heart so they never be vulnerable to being hurt again. Or possibly they're just far from God. They're just far from God. They don't have a relationship with him. and They have no hope because they have no relationship with Jesus. And so it's important for us to understand why people are so difficult. Because we need to know why they are the way they are so that we can respond in the right way. Because like our response could change everything. It could change the whole narrative. We could either make it worse or we could reverse it and we can make it better. So today I want to talk to you that, that really understanding why they are the way they are. That's the first half of the battle. The second half of the battle is how we respond. And so we have to learn to respond the right way. So really we all have a choice. And the cool thing is that like you can't control how they react in the first place. You can't control even why they're difficult, but you can control you. And you can control the way you respond. No matter how they act, you can control the way you respond. So here's our three choices this morning is you can choose to curse it. So you could hang on to it, never let it go. Like You just keep bringing it back up and ruminating on it and thinking on it. And you never let it go. And, and, and you can do that. And it's going to steal your joy. It's going to rob you of your peace in your life and it can ruin your whole life. So you could curse it and just be mad about it. Or you can nurse it. You can continue to just feed it over and over again, never letting it go, feeding it. And ultimately, if you keep feeding it, it's gonna become something much bigger than it ever was in the beginning. Or the third choice you have is you can choose to reverse it. How do I reverse it? And really the way that we reverse it is by responding to difficult people with the biblical response. So for the rest of our time this morning, really I want us to explore and lean into the biblical response for dealing with difficult people. So um, the first thing, I got three things that I want you to write down and then I'll be finished. And you can follow along in your worship God. But the first thing of how the Bible teaches us to respond to difficult people is to rise above it. Okay? To rise above it. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter forty, verse thirty-one, it says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. So like if I wait on God, my strength's gonna be renewed. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So I have this choice. I can choose to either stay in all the garbage and and, and keep my mind stuck in it, or I can... Get with God, I can let God renew me, and I can mount up with wings like eagles, and I can soar with the eagles above all the hardship, above all the difficulty, above all the gossip and the strife and all that stuff. I can rise and I can soar above it as an eagle with God's power. So I would just say it like this to you that you can't soar with the eagles if you're pecking with the chickens, okay? I don't know if you know what that means, like, uh, and I don't know if you know this, but so I'm from Alabama, if you, haven't, if you can't tell by my southern drawl. I'm from Alabama. And I have, I've been in Texas for about nine months and I haven't seen a lot of chickens here, okay? But like in Alabama, I feel like there's chickens like, everywhere. Okay. Like you go to people's house and everybody just has chickens like running around their yard and stuff, you know, and like you go and you open the door and chickens like at your leg and you're just like <laughs> kicking a chicken away. You know what I'm saying? There's just chickens everywhere. And like, I, I think maybe possibly Alabama would be like the chicken coop capital of the world. I don't know. Like, it's just like there's chicken houses on every corner in Alabama. And sometimes you'll be driving down the road and you'll, something will hit you in the face like this smell, just this awful smell. You're like, oh, what is that? And they'll be like, oh yeah, Ricky down there, he's just cleaning out his chicken houses again. You know, it's about that time of the month and you drive by, you know, the chicken houses and I'm not kidding you, there'll be like, I don't know how tall, I haven't measured, but there'll just be mounds and mounds of chicken manure that they've cleaned out. And so the thing I learned about chicken coops is, you know, when chickens are pecking around at the ground, you know what they're pecking in, right? Like not to be gross, but they're really pecking in like all their own manure. And, you know, when we choose to be a part of the gossip and we choose to be a part of the strife and and the envy and all that stuff, and we stay caught of it, we're pecking with the chickens. And really we're pecking around in a bunch of mess, you know? And like, I don't know if you know this, but like chicken manure smells really bad. Like I had some friends growing up who would work in chicken houses and like they would come around and maybe hadn't got a shower yet. And it's just like all over their clothes. You're like, oh dude, you gotta go change your clothes. Like you just reek of chicken chicken manure. Like you gotta you gotta go take care of that, you know? And like some of you might say, Caleb, that's kind of what my life is like. You know, I just got mounds of like chicken manure because I just got so much gossip and strife and all this mess that I'm having to deal with. And to be honest, it stinks. Like, just to be real with you, it stinks and it makes life difficult. And I would say to you, what you have to do is you have to step back, stop pecking with the chickens, and begin soaring with the eagles and soar above all of the strife and all of the gossip and the envy and the backbiting and all of the issues that you're facing. Soar above it, rise above it. And I promise you, when you get up there, you're gonna realize there's some fresh air up there, y'all. Like it's gonna be a lot better when you get up there. So the biblical response is I have to rise above it. I have to speak life. No matter what they do, no matter what they say, I speak life. I'm not gonna get caught up in all of that. Our second response that we see is I have to think reconciliation, not retaliation. So there's certain relationships, there's certain times in our life where maybe someone hurt us in such of a way that really it's not possible for us to reconcile. And to be honest, sometimes it's not healthy and it's not the best choice for you to continue a relationship with someone because they may not be the most life-giving. You can forgive them and you can release them to the Lord, but that doesn't mean you need to be their best friend. But I have to think in the mindset of reconciliation. But the other thing that I've realized about reconciliation is that it's a two-way street. Like I can do everything on my end. I can say the right things and treat them the right way. And, 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 I, and I always should treat them the way Jesus would. But at the end of the day, if they still don't want to come my way and they keep acting a fool, like, I can't do nothing about that. Like I can only control me. I can only control what I do. But I should always behave. And everything I say to them should always think, I don't want to be a hindrance to this relationship being reconciled in the future. So I don't want to do anything that could hindrance restoration if that's possible. So I think reconciliation, not retaliation. So really, I would say it's never okay for us to retaliate. Like if someone insults me, I shouldn't come back with an insult. You know, even Jesus teaches this. If someone, they slap you in the face, he teaches, turn the other cheek. And that goes against our nature. It goes against our human nature, but it's never okay for us to retaliate. Pastor Ed Funderburk, who's coming in a few weeks, he would say, it's never, never, never okay to be rude to anyone for any reason. Like if they've hurt you, and I know I've given some silly examples of difficulty and some of you are facing some serious, hard things in your life. And I would say, even though you're still dealing with that, it's still not okay for you to retaliate. You know, and this goes against our nature because when someone hurts me or when someone hurts someone that I love, I want to fight back. It's in my nature. I just want to retaliate, but that's not the biblical response. You know, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I have a little sister, and I'm the middle child, but I have a little sister, and. And she, I was on the phone with her the other day and she told me, she said, Caleb, uh, there's this boy who, you know, started trying to talk to me and stuff. Being a protective older brother, you know, I immediately, you know, he slid in her DMs and all that stuff, whatever they call it. And he's trying to get sweet on her and talk to her and all that stuff, you know. And I'm like, okay, what's his name? And she's like, I'm not telling you, you're going to look him up. And I was like, no, I won't. No, I won't. And so I lied. She told me and I looked him up. Um, and so I was just like, I mean, just being honest, like, and so, but I was talking to Danielle, my wife about it. And I just started thinking, I was like, what if he hurts her? Like, what if he, you know, what if he hurts her or breaks her? Like, I don't know this dude. Like she's all the way in Alabama, you know, and, and she's going to college up there. I'm like, I don't know this dude. Like, who is this guy? You know, and I I began thinking about all the different ways he could possibly hurt her. And just at the thought of him hurting my little sister, I'm getting infuriated, infuriated. Like my face is turning red. My heart's beating. Like I'm getting angry. I'm 21 hot and nothing's ever even happened, you know. And I told Danielle, I said, look, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to get him on the phone. And it's not going to be like, hey, buddy, you know, so nice, so glad you're talking to my sister and all that. It's going to be like, if you ever lay a hand on my sister, I'm going to get the next flight out of Texas to Coleman, Alabama, and I'm going to come find you and I'm going to whoop you. Like, you know, Liam Neeson said, I will find you and I will kill you, but that's the saved version. I'm going to find you and whoop you. You know what I'm saying? I got to do the saved version because I mean, I, I am a next gen pastor. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> got to keep it. So, but I told her that and Daniel said, Caleb, you can't act that way that's not right. That's not the right response for you to act that way. And y'all are probably sitting back there thinking like, man, Pastor Ben, know this guy? Like who's up here? This dude's got problems, y'all. Like he is messed up. I mean, the Bible does say do unto others what they do to you though. You know what I'm saying? Like if they hurt you, I'm supposed to get them back. I'm just kidding. It says do to others what you would have them do unto you. But seriously, the Bible tells us in first Peter chapter three, it says, don't repay evil for evil. So if they do me harm, don't don't do them harm. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. Some of y'all are like, I'll bless them with a knuckle sandwich. (laughs) I'll bless them. Not that kind of blessing, but that's what God has called you to, to do. And he will grant you his blessing. So God doesn't call me to retaliate. He doesn't call me to fight back. He calls me to be kind and to bless them in spite of how they treated me. Romans 12 Tells us, do not avenge yourselves. A lot of us want vengeance. But it says, don't avenge yourselves. Rather give place to wrath for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Can I tell you, it's not your job to get vengeance. God says, vengeance is mine. And sometimes we get so caught up in our emotions that we can't, we can't, give, we can't respond the right way because we get so emotional and we get so angry. But God is just And God is righteous and he can deal with them the way they need to be dealt with. But I want to remind you that at one point we were the difficult one. Just like we talked about earlier, we were difficult at one point too, but God showed us grace and he showed us forgiveness and mercy. So don't get mad when he responds to them the same way. But really what I have to do is I have to release them to God It's not my job to retaliate. I have to release them to God and trust him to repay and to to deal with them the way they need to be dealt with. And the third and last thing that we see as our biblical response is that we should respond with kindness. So like no matter what they've done to you, you should always respond with kindness. Look at what the Bible says about being kind to your enemies in Romans 12, verse 20 here. Romans 12, 20 says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Some of y'all are like, I like that part. <laughs> heap those coals on his head, burning coals. I like that. That's not really the motivation here. <laughs> but what this really is meaning, what this is referring to is that if, when my enemy is hungry, if I feed him, if, he's, if I'm good to my enemies. It's like heaping coals on their head. What that really means is like, they're they're gonna think, I treated that person so bad, so poorly, and all they did was show me kindness. It's gonna burn them up with guilt. They're gonna feel so guilty. Their response is, they're just gonna feel so guilty because they're like, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve for them to be kind to me. Like all I've done is treated them wrong. Maybe lied about them or mistreated them. I don't deserve this. But remember, remember, we didn't deserve the forgiveness and the grace and the kindness of God either. But He still gave it to us willingly and freely. And so we should always, always respond in kindness. And you know, in our lobby, as you get ready to leave today, we have a couple of signs in between the glass doors out here. And then there's another one right here to the right by our student table. And on this, this sign just says, change your world one person at a time and attached to that sign there is a there's a bunch of business cards and they just say something extra to show that god loves you and our outreach team we use these cards when we do acts of kindness like maybe it's taking teachers breakfast or different things we use these cards we give it to them and say this is just something extra it's a random act of kindness is what it is to share the love of god and as i was preparing this message i really felt like god put this on my heart today was to say to you, really to challenge you, I think the Holy Spirit's challenging us to do this, is as you leave today, I want you to grab some of those cards. And I say it like this, grab one card for every difficult person in your life. Some of y'all are like, you don't have enough cards, okay? (laughs) We can get more cards, we can order more cards, but grab one for the people that you're dealing with. And I wanna challenge you this week to do an act of kindness for them. You're like, what, I can't do that. Now, I seriously want to challenge you to do an act of kindness for them. I don't know what that looks like. Maybe it's just getting an extra biscuit at the drive-thru to take to them or an extra coffee to take to them. Or maybe it was someone who was your very best friend and they turned their back on you and they lied about you, but you know all about them. So you know their favorite snack and all that stuff. Get their favorite snack. And I'm not talking about doing something like in spite of, I'm not talking about like lacing their food with something to make them get sick, you know. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a real act of Kindness just take it to them, give it to them, give them that card. You don't even have to say anything, not with an attitude, but just just give it to them. And if they respond, they they might be like, why would you do this? Why, Why are you doing this for me? Just because I just want you to know God loves you. That's it. And I feel like God's challenging us to do that, to show kindness to our enemies, because you never know. We talked about earlier, they're hurting And you never know, that simple act of kindness could be exactly what they need to begin a relationship with Jesus. It could be what they need to change their entire life. It could change the whole narrative, the whole relationship, it could turn it around. You know, my dad was, and he still is a pastor. And, you know, growing up in a pastor's home, there at times were church people who were close to us and they turned their back on us, on our family. And they began spreading lies and rumors about us and it hurt, it cut deep because they were so close. And I remember just being so angry, so mad and telling my dad, like, I just want him to pay. I just want to get him back. And he'd always tell me this and it stuck with me. This is the last thing I got for you on your notes today. He'd always say, you'll never regret being kind to someone. Say, son, I know you're mad. I know you're angry. I know that you want to fight them, but you can't do that. You will never regret being kind to someone. That's always stuck with me because one day I might regret retaliating. I might regret getting them back, but I'll never regret being kind to them. As I close today, if you would just bow your head with me, close your eyes this morning. And I just want to ask you the same question that we ask you every week, which is what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What's he putting on your heart today? What's he leading you to? I want to take a moment and pray for you, for for every person who's dealing with difficult people and hard relationships. God, I just come before you today and I lift them up to you. God, we give you every relationship, every difficulty, every challenge we're facing today. We give it to you, God. Every relationship. God, I pray that marriages would be restored, that children would come back to their parents, siblings' relationships would be restored. Bring the family back together, God. I pray that you would touch every friendship where the enemy has divided. God, that there'd be restoration. And I pray for courage and strength for us to respond in the ways that you've called us to. With every head bowed and eye closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, I'm far from God. Like I don't even have a relationship with Jesus. And so it's really hard for me to respond with kindness because that's my nature. And I would say to you, it really is, it's all of our natures. It's It's all of us to respond that way. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. And the way to get his help is by beginning a relationship with him. So if you're here today and you'd say, I need Jesus. I'm ready to say yes to Jesus. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna call you out. I just wanna ask you this morning on the count of three, just lift your hand if you're ready to say yes to Jesus. If that's you, one, two, three, lift your hand. I see you, I see you. Hands everywhere. I'm proud of you. I see you. I'm not gonna ask you to come up here or call you out. I'm just gonna lead us in a prayer together. All right, let's pray this prayer together. Let's all pray this boldly and mean it from our heart. God, I come before you. I give you my life. Every relationship, I surrender to you. I believe that you're the Lord. You died on the cross and you rose again for my sins. So I confess that I need you. Please forgive me of my sins. Be my Lord. Make me new. With your help, I'll follow you the best I know how. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Come on, let's give God praise in here for what he's doing.